It's a magic number Somewhere in that ancient mystic trinity You'll get three It's a magic number In the past and the present and the future Faith and hope and charity In the heart and the brain and the body You'll give you three It's a magic number It takes three legs to make a tripod Or to make a table stand And it takes three wheels to make a vehicle Called the tricycle And every triangle has three colors Every triangle has three sides No more, no less You won't have to guess Now it's three Episodes of the Midwest Babylon Podcast. Once again, we got a heater here for you. We're going to talk with Sean Carr from Night Noon. Of course, we're going to talk Game of Thrones. And guess what? We had an Easter holiday. We're going to talk about that too. Stay tuned. Little Joe, we're back for episode three of the Midwest Babylon Podcast. After a wonderful Easter break that we're certainly going to get into some details. We're back with a vengeance. Back with a vengeance. It's like we never left. You know it's what like I mean? We were... and, just, and just seeing, like, we're blowing up, dude. Like, it has been listened to 49 times, Holy I shit. think. That's unbelievable, but, man. I, but that's literally, between, I can't believe it. That's between everybody. So it makes you wonder, do you have 24 and a half loyal fans that have listened to both episodes? <laughs> Or what does that breakout look like? We must. Well, I would say probably 22 and a half, because I think each of us, you know, would listen. So that that takes, you know, a couple off each one. That's very true. If my math checks out there. Mm, I think so. I think Mm. think it's fairly legit. I mean, I don't know what's half a person, right? Is that a Tyrion that's listened to it, or or what? What does that look like? Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a little, little Easter holiday recap. Uh, it sounds like you made the decision, and then of course we got to talk about Game of Thrones. Yep, took, made made the decision here. Um, next year I'll be a, a middle school English teacher, and either uh, and possibly a football coach on top of that. So that's oh. pretty pretty exciting stuff. You don't know anything about football. How are you going to coach football? Hey man, as long as I know more than them, it'll it'll probably work out. How many I players are supposed to be on the field? Actually, actually, here it's nine man. So, there's that. You're just making stuff up now. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, down in Nebraska, so, they have seven man football. What? What is this? Flag football? No, no, man, full contact. Sometimes so where, they wear helmets. Where do the two people go? Like, what is it? Linemen that are gone, or what does that look like? Yeah, yeah. Basically, I don't know. You know, that's that's part of my my learning curve, I guess. You got to hit the books to learn about nine man football. Yep. So, made the decision, going to be a teacher. So, de- making a career shift away from auto mechanic yep. back into the school system, which is what you went to school for. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like your, your opportunity to very, very rural area that you're in now, and then hopefully move to a bigger area. Is that kind of the game plan? Uh, no, probably just settle here for the rest of my life. Probably die here, man. You're an asshole. 
<laughs> You're an asshole. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it is. I'll uh, make myself a little bit better candidate to get a job somewhere else, you know. I mean, that's that's what you do in life. Is you're constantly building yourself up, you know, establishing your your career, trying to move forward constantly. So what that's is what I'm pro- doing. So you haven't teached for what is this? Has it? When's, when, when's the last time you substitute teach? Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna have to flex my English muscles here. Uh, taught. When is the last time you taught, you son of a bitch? Students. 2015. 2000. So it hasn't been too long. No. So what's the process look like to get back into it? Um. Is this you? You have to print a new degree from a, a different school. <laughs> From your printer, and they're just going to accept that, or what does that look like? Yeah, kind of like counterfeit money, just see what happens, you know. It's your birthday again. Let's go to Lenny's. Lenny! <laughs> um, I say birthday. No, I just uh, I can apply for a temporary certificate, and um, by the end of that, by the time that runs out, I need to have six transcripted credits. So just as if I had never let my uh, certificate, my, my certificate, you know, lapse. Um. So you literally have do have to, have to hit the ideas. hit the books to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I mean, I would have had to do that to renew my certificate anyway. So, oh, I uh, see. Since I haven't had to get a, a temporary certificate before, I just have to. I get to do this once. You only get to do it one time to use that and yeah, move on. I guess so. It's really not too big a deal to do that thing to, to get back into it. But I mean, this right. is a huge move though when it comes to the thought process and everything. Like this was not sleep on it one night decision correct oh no definitely not a lot of weighing a lot of pros and cons um thinking about you know uh short-term fallback versus uh you know a, a long-term improvement so there was a lot of that going on and so, plus i mean my body can only last so long I'm, i am little joe after all right dude you yeah that's that's gonna be tough to like move a tire i'm kind of a pussy or something <laughs> this is true so i have stools everywhere I'm just a little guy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna go back to teaching. Yep. Got to get the certificate and all this kind of stuff. So, so why the teaching there, in in a very rural town, compared to a big city in air quotes, you actually paid more in the rural area. Yep. So if you were to move to a big city, not only would you be paid less, but your cost of living goes up. Yep, you got that right. That's crazy, right? Isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah, that's how you get somebody to, you know, that's, to stay that's how there. you get a new hire. Yeah, I suppose. So Easter came and visited for Easter. Yep. Brought brought the little chitlin. Yeah, that was that was an event, man. That was rough. Is it holidays are stressful without children, right? Yeah. Then you add that complexity of kids and especially an infant year year and a half old, right? Year and a half. Year and a half. I mean, that's that's your sleeping arrangements are changed, everything like that. So, so let's take it Friday night. What did Friday night look like for you? Ah, uh, Friday night. Let's see here. Um, what time did we try to get her to go to bed? Go to bed. You know, it was like eight. It maybe it was probably nine. I guess it was. I think it was a little later. I think it was a little later. About we ate late and all that stuff. Um. Yeah. Try to get her to go to sleep about nine, and uh, as soon as she figured out what was happening, she just started screaming. The top of her lungs, and, and uh, I can tell you, the audience. I can tell the audience that that was around two a.m. Oh well, just hold on, man. I'm getting there. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. <clears throat> so, 
Yeah, she's just screaming, so uh, we wait a little bit. And like, maybe she'll settle in. Maybe she'll go to sleep. So my wife goes down there and picks her up, and no, she didn't quit. You know, she picked her up, keeps screaming. Finally get her to calm down enough <laughs> after, I think it was an hour, and then we just kind of had her sleep in bed with us, which we don't do. We're not fans of that. I mean, it's just kind of a... I think it was either so that she could sleep and we could sleep and also not have the cops called on us. Because yeah. I don't think it, that, that those noises were contained in that that building, man. A, a passerby could have heard that. It was so loud. Inconsistent. I mean, she has the lung capacity of an adult. Yes. I put yes. on the Bose headphones, the noise-canceling Bose headphones, and zoned out. And I remember watching you two walking away thinking i think they're just going back home <laughs> i think they're just gonna drive right back home right now that that thought crossed our mind yeah so instead it was just driving around trying to get her to go to sleep yep it was it, it didn't work it didn't work didn't at all work. she was just chill she was happy man she was just looking around yeah. we drove a while and i look back there and she's just wide awake looking at me like son it's, of a bitch man it was brutal so, something new you know and yep. she wanted to experience everything yeah, so got like three hours of sleep that night overall. Of course, it's not even good sleep because you know we're, we're three smushed onto a bed—a good-sized bed, I might, I, I might add. But still, like you, you can't—you don't want to roll over, you know. You don't want to squish anybody. You want to make sure you know where she is, um, or wake, have, or and don't want her to wake up. Right. You have some alligator rolls in there. Um, the night before, we had the same sleeping arrangement except on a smaller bed, even, and she turned 180 so her feet were in our faces so i mean it's not fun yeah. it was not a restful weekend no but it turned out she had a she had an ear infection so that's that was the whole thing and i mean heck after just one shot of one one dose of antibiotics man she was feeling better already so yeah she went back nice. to her her normal self and then i would not until the entire first day or anything was bad but you just knew that she just wasn't really happy no and so. she really wasn't still wasn't her normal self man like she's yeah. like obviously being away from home that kind of changes you know how a, <clears throat> a child behaves but <clears throat> she's so much better now man oh yeah it was traveling, rough traveling with kids man add on to holidays and just stress that has holidays so it's then nice Easter. seeing family and you want her to see yeah. you know, friends and everything yeah, you don't want to not not do it because it's difficult, but you just kind of you have to almost have to psych yourself up. Like, this is what we're about to walk into. Yep. Yeah. So fast forward to Easter, right? Mm -hmm. a little egg hunting. That was a blast, right? Was, Cutest little hat that you had on her. Yeah, she was. It took her a little bit to get it figured out, but once she figured that out, man, she was all about it. And then she, she was, likes to take things out of containers and then put them back in. So yeah, she was. She was satisfied. She was content. Good. And she looks like she had a blast. And the weather wasn't too bad. I didn't start to rain and stuff. Could have been could have been a heck of a lot better. Saturday was gorgeous. Yeah, that would of have been. Of course, Sun perfect. Sunday was dreary and it started to rain a little bit. But wife put on a good spread, a little brunch, good food, right? A little egg hunting. Yep. A little bit of gifts. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So this week's interview is with Mr. Sean Carr. Of the band Night Noon. Yep. He's part of a couple different bands, but right now the most active one would definitely be Night Noon. Um, in, uh, based kind of out of Rapid City, South Dakota, correct? Yep, that's right. Right on. So, 
what led you so you've been in a couple different bands right through the years mm-hmm. what what led you to music well i might have been because my uncle was a drummer so at a young age i was exposed to more music my mom played trumpet as well so my dad played clarinet in the i think in his high school band too so just a lot a lot of musicians already kind of in the family and it's just i was drawn to it and so i started playing drums at a at a young age but it's interesting now when i with this band night noon i'm playing more guitar and bass than drums and so with the the drumming if if i remember correctly pretty eclectic drummer like was it first chair state those kinds of things with drumming yeah so i i I definitely got into like concert band type stuff i so in high school i was i made all state jazz band each year on the vibraphone and uh like i i think what helped with um laying the foundation for my music skills was uh, my mom got me into piano lessons at a young age too so that taught me how to read music not just um, rhythms but the notes and everything so that was kind of a a leg up that I had in high school music where the rest of the drummers just could read the rhythms and play the drums but they couldn't actually play any of the mallet instruments or anything where you actually had to read notes so then, so piano, piano kind of set the stage at a young age because right now my daughter's actually doing piano oh, and nice. she's super interested, not in the drums yet, but I mean, this is like one of the proud dad moments is one piece of music that she wants to learn is Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm. She already has it and everything, but for her upcoming recital, she is doing, oh, it's a song from the Lion King. It'll come to me. Um, but she just can't yeah. wait to be king. There you go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, pretty pretty stoked about that. But yeah, that's kind of what we heard is that you know you start with piano and it kind of opens up the doors for all these other uh, musical instruments. Mm-hmm. I think I think the other thing that she's eyeballing is violin. But you know we'll see. She's young, so you you don't really know what might change. Right. What piques your interest? So like father, like daughter. There, I guess. <laughs> so you're this great drummer in the, in, in the state of South Dakota. Um, graduate school kind of take it from there like your musical career not necessarily school if you want to feel free well what happened i went uh, after high school i went to university of wyoming um as a music major and so i got just more exposure to all all around like each semester i'd be part of the curriculum was private lessons where each semester was a different instrument so like first semester uh, we're diving in on the snare drum and learning more techniques on that another semester would be like marimba and then another semester do drum set and so i got a lot of exposure playing different different things different styles played in the jazz bands the concert bands the orchestras there too i didn't really get into any like rock band type situations though i was played in a couple in high school um one that was interesting i just told andrea this she's also in night noon um told her this the other day and realized it just came up two years into um going on like i played in her favorite band's metallica favorite of all time and so i just happened to let her know i played in a I guess a Metallica cover band once in high school. We we practiced for like a couple weeks and we played a show at the Holiday Inn downtown and we played four covers of Metallica. I can't even remember which ones we played, but we I, I remember one of them was For Whom the Bell Tolls and she's like, wait a minute. So we've been playing music and everything for like two years and you know Metallica's my favorite band and you're just now telling me this? 
<laughs> I think you're leaving out some key details, man. And 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 also, I, I I think I did too. So so just back up a little bit. Night Noon is a duo with Sean Carr and Andrea Moraz, correct? Yep, that's All right. right. Got to give her kudos as well. Maybe have her on the podcast. Um, what started uh, just, first? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What what started first, the relationship or the band? Uh, it was actually a little bit of both. Um, so I guess if we're going still with my timeline, I can get to that part in a moment, <laughs> and we'll. Um, you, you roll with it, man. We're listening yeah. to you, dude. We are. We are. We are listening to you. So, as my history is as a drummer, and that was my main focus on everything. I, I really love playing like drum set, and I also really got into playing um, like the vibraphone marimba type stuff in college do a lot of cool stuff with that but when i was moving back home um going back to south dakota from wyoming i had a few months of time before my lease was up and was going to move out and so from about march until july i was just working like 24 hours a week at this hotel just passing time so what i started doing i didn't have a uh, drum set set up so I, I always wanted to play guitar so I put on the Alice in Chains Unplugged DVD from 1996 and I'd put that up on my TV I'd have my laptop next to me with the tabs and then I would just watch like Jerry Cantrell's hands to see his placement and just every day for like three months before I moved back home I would just play along with the DVD looking at the tabs and then it was clunky at first but towards the end of it I pretty much had maybe 90 percent of it down most of those songs like i I learned the learning the solo on nutshell and just stuff like that and that kind of focused my guitar playing and then that kind of took over at that point where i wanted to to play guitar so so to stop there just a little bit so true or false is that one of the best not only unplugged dvds ever but one of the best live recorded for release dvds Yes, definitely. I have a, a big collection of music DVDs too. That's kind of my my favorite thing is watching live music, and I still go back to that one. That's that's actually when I when I approached Andrea to create Night Noon as an acoustic duo. That's the, what I picture in my head at all of our shows is like that laid back, sitting down with candles all around, just that yeah. that vibe. And I'm just like, that's what I want for for our duo just that kind of that ambiance and that style and if i you uh one thing that watching your youtube videos of night noon search search youtube night noon see some of the videos you're wearing is it uh allison chain's rooster shirt if i right yep yeah yep. great call out there dude yeah that's that's definitely one thing we have in common and we can certainly still be friends of your answer to that question was very imperative to continue so i will let you continue your timeline well, and it's just, it's interesting too, because uh, I've known you for for quite a while now, many, many years. You were very, and still are, but you were very into Alice in Chains back in high school. And like, I knew their their songs here and there. And like, you were, you were super into them. And I was like, probably super into Dream Theater and other stuff. But um, it wasn't until I got to college that I actually gave them a deeper listen and Mad Season especially gave them a deeper listen. And then I, I can... I totally saw what you saw back then. I just wish that I had saw that sooner and dove deeper into it because I would say um, Jerry Cantrell, through that three months of watching that DVD, he taught me to play guitar. That's that's incredible, dude. That's actually very awesome because I never I never knew that. Um, 
about how, learning from that DVD and Jerry Cantrell and stuff. So, anyways, sorry, dude. Oh, that's fine. So, uh, there's a t- part of the timeline. There's really not much to go on. Like, I moved back home and I got working at a job for like seven years. I took the first job that was offered and I stayed there for seven years playing here and there, you know, just still playing Alice Chains covers, learning new songs and just keeping my keeping my music hand strong, I guess. But no real bands had come up with anything. But what uh so what are some of the other bigger bands that have came out of Rapid City, if any? Corey and the well, Fireflies, were they based out of here? I think so. I think they played our prom one year. They, they did. They did. I don't know if that was the year that we had to ditch out and then go see Mudvayne in Lincoln Park, which was freaking awesome. I'm still upset that I missed Mudvayne. Ooh, yeah. I only saw. Game. I only saw Lincoln Park. It was awesome at the time. I didn't like. I was. I didn't love Mudvayne as much as I did a few years later, but it was awesome. That appreciation that you have, yeah. I hope they. I, I hope they regroup. Well, there's uh brandon jones is kind of big around here too he's more in the country scene but yeah. he actually uh, we opened for him once at the loud and that was pretty fun there's a couple other bands from here i guess well so lost autumn they were they're still kind of around a little bit they were pretty big for a while and then i don't know if you guys have heard of black light district it I don't sounds think familiar I they had a, a couple hit like a couple songs on octane i think they were pretty big. They have a couple albums out. They're from Spearfish, I believe, oh, but I they know. relocated to hmm. Florida. But yeah, they're from originally from Spearfish. And that was Black Light District. Yeah. Okay. I'll check it out. Gotta respect anybody that's putting some music on. You know, if they're getting on Octane, man, it's worth a shot. So, those guys, right? And you've done some stuff with some of the guys from Lost Autumn. Yeah. So. Uh, right now, I'm I'm jamming on a, a new an untitled project. As of now, we're kind of working on some new songs, some originals, and the demos that we have sound pretty cool. I'm really excited to get them recorded and get them polished up. But uh, I'm working with TJ, the drummer from Lost Autumn, and Andrew, the guitarist, and then uh, the singers named Tucker. I think he played in a band with TJ back in the day called Corpus. They were in North Dakota, I think. But we got a lot of cool stuff going. Um, if things go right, I think we might be playing a, a show later on this year. It's still in the very early stages, but we have about four or five songs almost ready to go. Dang, dude. So you're so you're doing Night Noon. You're doing this un, um, uh, unnamed project as of yet. Anything else that you're working on? I'm also the bass player in a local band called Granite Sun with tj on drums is again and then josh marquis he's the guy that hosts open mic every sunday at the cheers bar okay and how that came to be was tj and josh had been playing with granite sun it's granite sun is like josh's baby just like night nude's my baby but he's been playing it with that band for years and they've been playing around town um doing covers uh, some originals here and there but they seem to have like a revolving door of bass players so a couple years ago tj says to josh you know i know we're looking for another bass player and i know he doesn't play bass but what about sean he's always around anyway we know that he's reliable and he'll show up to practice what if he just learned bass and then became our bass player and they had this conversation without me or anything i wasn't even aware until the day that josh came to me and said hey you want to learn bass 
in you're gonna slap it to base yeah he's like we got we got some shows lined up for sturgis and he tell, told me this in may sturgis bike rally is in august so he's like can you learn 40 songs on bass in four months so short <laughs> story is yeah i did <laughs> so we played like five nights at the glencoe campground um different slot almost every night we played like the five to seven early show with no one there we played the midnight to 3 a.m for the rowdy and crowd after bars close or whatever and uh, we opened for jasmine kane one night so they played at nine we played seven to nine wow so that was a it was a lot of fun and then and so that was just not currently as active right we well there was just we had a cd release party in february where mm-hmm. um so i think 10 or 12 songs on the cd and then we it was an interesting idea that josh had where he wanted to perform the cd in its entirety in front of a live audience so we rented out the performing arts center um, by old dakota middle school and we played uh he recruited a bunch of guest musicians as well singers uh bass player guitarist other drummer and stuff too and just um the who's who of musicians around rapid and it was just a, a a great fun show everyone just it was it was a fun stage production and we got to play play the songs and hopefully uh we're gonna get that album out we have discs if anyone wants discs we can get you one but uh we're trying to get it out on like itunes and google play here too right on it's gotta be digital anymore man Who yeah. some cars aren't even coming with cd players man You're crazy. exactly <laughs> up with the times dude up with the times so keep going on the timeline, right? So you're doing all those things, and then so so how did really night noon come come to fruition? Well, see, around 2014, um, I that's when I first met um, the Lost Autumn guys. Like I went to school with Steve. I knew him for a while, the singer Lost Autumn. But um, I always wanted to, like back in high school, I was like, I always wanted to play drums in a band with Steve, but it never had the opportunity. But uh, through a, a mutual friend, we, uh, Steve and I reconnected, and then they were playing a show at, at a bar out in the valley, and I was going to, I wanted to go check them out, because I remember hearing their recordings in, in the past, and I thought they were a really good band, so I wanted to go see them live, and I also wanted to kind of just help them out and be there you know their road crew guy or the guy that helps set up their stuff i wasn't looking to get paid or anything just wanted to hang out experience not just the performance but the behind the scenes stuff too and and then um so the first time i met tj was after the show um i just walked up to him said hey you know good show need help tearing down your drums he's like sure so he turns around and was um doing something getting a drink and putting his sticks away and stuff and then he comes back and all his i had put all his drums in their cases already and was getting everything torn down he's like oh shit you really do know your stuff and uh so we became like fast friends after that so he's the one who then introduced me to the open mic because he would go there every sunday he was friends with josh and he'd be like dude you got to come out to this open mic you gotta gotta come check it out play some music sometime and so we would go pretty much steady sundays for for a while and um i ended up another buddy of ours I tried to get a duo started with him, so we'd be we'd go up there and we'd play show play some songs at open mic every now and again. But it just never really stuck. We never really got consistent about it, and then I kind of got busy with a new job and I stopped going to open mic for a while. And then apparently, 
that's when Andrea started going because she had started going to open mic for like consistently for she said like a couple years as well but it must we must have just missed each other because I don't remember her ever being up there playing and she said she doesn't remember me ever up there being being on stage playing either but uh, one day we started TJ and I started going back and she was up on playing some songs and she looked uh, we had talked before and but then I said, hey, can you play some Mudvane? She was like, hey, anyone got any requests in a joking manner? But I was like, hey, play some Mudvane. And then, like, in two seconds, she just starts going into happy. And I was like, oh, shit, she actually can play some Mudvane. <laughs> this is the love of my life. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, like, I wasn't trying. Like, I just was like, man, she the songs that she had played and then going into Mudvane like that, I was like, I need to play music with this person. So, like, afterwards, I was like, hey, we should get together. We should jam sometime and then we did we pretty much hit it off right away and we're playing music together playing learning each other's songs and stuff and then that kind of one thing led to another there too we ended up dating as well but i still felt that music connection was great and that uh, i wanted to her to be part of uh, acoustic duo and playing shows so we were just scribbling out some ideas for like band names and logos and stuff on um, a bar napkin one day and we came up with night noon i just thought it was a funny little wordplay it's like the noon of the night sure sure and but, it's got a pretty good uh, cool logo too honestly and you guys sell some memor or uh, sell some gear on your guys's website yeah so uh we don't actually have like a, a checkout on the website, but I mean, if you send an email to the to our um, email on the page, we can get merch out. We have hats that w what we can sell with our logo on them. I I always thought it, or people have come up to me and said it's kind of weird. You guys like just do covers and stuff. Like, why do you have merch already? But it's not about like I'm not making the hats to try to make a profit or anything. But I just thought it's nice to have something with our name on it so that you know when when i'm wearing a hat or someone else out wearing a hat and you see it and you're like oh cool and right. also um my buddy cal the one that had reintroduced me to steve he is a stand-up comedian and he had made hats for his for his shows it has like a little caricature of his face and his signature on the back and it's stitched on there i thought i always thought those hats were pretty cool and then i was um wanting to get those going when i was still doing road crew stuff for lost autumn but that never panned out and so when i had night noon coming together i was like i want to make hats i'm going to make them for me and i'll make some extra ones that way if anyone else wants some they just pay me at that time i was giving them out for cost just because you know i not made the money but uh, it's just nice having seeing my friends wear my hat with my name on it or my band's name on it right absolutely man that's 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 pretty cool dude it's further along than i've ever done with music or i mean really anything so that's that's pretty awesome so current so currently like you said you're just doing covers are you guys doing any original music or just not at that point yet is it in the cards it definitely is in the cards and um so before andrea and i created night noon she also had has her own or does her own music stuff as well she she books solo shows and she plays around and she has a handful of originals as well and we just started incorporating one of her originals in our night noon sets but it's definitely on our agenda to get more and start having our own stuff we want to get um kind of our 
unofficial timeline because just we need timing to work out she wants to get her originals recorded and get a cd out for her yeah. and then we're going to start writing collaboratively for night noon so that we can get at least an ep out and then maybe get an album going too and then so with all that with some of the people that you know are you guys going to just kind of produce that yourself or you know, yeah. what, what would that look like you know well we we definitely have a lot of friends with a lot of connections and equipment and stuff so i, I don't think we're gonna have to like go out anywhere and to spend a lot of money at a recording studio we definitely know a bunch of people that have the ability and the equipment to get a good sounding recording um casey even has um he has a like a record label that he made that's all incorporated or whatever too right on. so, so you, we, you'll, you could keep the cost very low to be able to put something out mm-hmm Gotcha. Where do you, so where do you see where do you see this going? I mean, where would you like to see it go? Well, I definitely have hit the goal, the small goals that I had set set for myself when I came back home from college. Where, like, the dream, you know, in high school is oh, I'm going to get in a band and I'm going to make a million dollars and I'm going to be touring all over the country, being on MTV and stuff. And nah, like, MTV doesn't play videos, man. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> all you so, need to do is be a teenager and get pregnant, and then you're on MTV. Oh, there you go. Ah, touche. We're all missing the boat here. So the dream shifts a little bit. And so my goal when I came back home was I wanted to get in a band. I I thought I'd be playing drums at the time, but um, I wanted to be in a band and I wanted to, you know, have my regular job during the day, but play around town, different bars and stuff on the weekends and just have fun doing it, maybe make a little money on the side and our goal actually night noon's goal last year was to play one show a month mm-hmm. and we exceeded that goal as well we played at, we probably played looking at my my list here we've played 14 shows last year nice so that's more than one a month and we're pretty steady booked through the rest of this year as well gotcha and the sets that you usually do or or i guess first question is where do you normally play what do you have coming up and what how long are the sets usually okay well and that's that's what's interesting about our duo is we have a variety of influences i talked about my alice and chains influence which is my biggest influence and then we also have andrea's influences that that mix so we do have a lot of overlapping bands that we enjoy but her big influences are johnny cash elvis and metallica is just her top band ever very 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 eclectic and then also we both really enjoy volbeat and volbeat has a very elvis type style but in a heavy metal way so it's kind of a cool thing so so we if you come to a a night noon show you're going to get a big variety because she also uh, growing up in edgemont small town she plays some older country she doesn't like the new country and the pop country she thinks that stuff's terrible which um i I kind of agree, I guess. <laughs> we'll do Johnny Cash. We'll do uh, some Dolly Parton or some Patsy Cline, Merle Haggard, stuff like that. So like outlaw country is what she calls it. Gotcha. I understand. Yeah. So the, yeah, not 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 Alan Jackson in, in Hoochie Coochie. Right. Got it. But typically uh, a night noon show, we're usually booked for three hours, three hour set or which would be broken up into about three 45-minute sets in a three-hour window. We have played a couple shows where we've had to play four hours, and that's been pretty fun. But um, in our sets, we 
we have a because we have a big mix we try to separate them up a little bit we try to feel out the crowd and see oh these guys seem to be more of a rock crowd let's let's play this well these guys look more country so even though if, even if we write a set list out we may not follow it to a t because we got to read the room and see what people are are responding to but we usually kind of maybe save some of our more mellow stuff or some of the stuff the older crowd might enjoy in our first set um second set we kind of kick into a a little bit of a 90s jam. We play a lot of 90s covers in that. We do some tonic and some um, gin blossoms and third eye blind, stuff like that. And then my favorite part though is once we get to that third set, and that's when our, our heavy stuff comes out, we'll play stuff like, we'll play Mudvayne, we'll play Ghost, we'll play, she does a really cool version of Coming Undone by Korn. Oh, which nice. Which is not heavy, but I still think it's great. So we just we got a big mix of different types, different genres, fast and slow. Uh, we do, my favorite one is Just Say When by Nothing More. They've been one of my top bands lately. They're one of my favorite ones. Seeing them live is just an amazing experience. And um, playing that song is my favorite on guitar. It's just a, it's a good song. It's slow, it's powerful, but it's also really fun to play. And then so these shows that you're playing this rock band, you know, you kind of, how you set it up you kind of break it off in chunks and you're at that that last that last section or that last set where you're playing that heavy stuff it's just two guitars right originally it was just two guitars and then i wanted to branch out a little bit more it's a little bit difficult with just the two of us but like i watch uh, blaststone cherry is another one of my top influences for kind of what i envision night noon to be when they play stripped down and acoustic so if you go on YouTube and look up Blackstone Cherry Acoustic, you'll see all the guys on their acoustic guitars and then the drummer's sitting on a cajon and he's either slapping it with his hands or he's using sticks on it or something, adding a little bit of a beat sure. to go on to it. So I wanted to kind of incorporate that into the Night Noon show as well. And so I think it, it looks relaxed if we're kind of sitting down, but with Andrea, like an Elvis and Johnny Cash and stuff, she would prefer to stand and and be there um just standing up and playing the show but it's kind of a compromise now because she'll stand play guitar she'll sing but i'll be sitting on a cajon so depending on the song i'll either pick my guitar up and i'll play some leads and accompany her and play with what's that or if it's a different song then i'll i'll switch to that little box drum that i'm sitting on and i'll throw some beats down on that instead because it adds a different feel to the song and then uh, just recently, probably six months ago, I ended up buying an acoustic bass. Ooh. And so even to add that to the mix, some songs I'll play bass on. Like we do a Red Hot Chili Peppers song that has a really fun bass line. Wow, that's cool, man. You know, for, for knowing you for for decade and a half or whatever, maybe longer, I got to get out to one of these night noon shows. What, what do you guys have lined up? Well, we, we pretty much we play patties patty o'neill's downtown about once a month i don't have the date in front of me of when our next show there is but um our next show like immediate next show is actually this coming weekend which is the 26th and 27th of april it's actually an andrea moran's solo show at the firehouse wine cellar but she'll probably let me hop on for a couple songs on saturday night because I helped set up and tear down our gear. <laughs> well, she that's, that's nice. That is certainly nice of her. Mm. Yeah. 
And so you guys have a website where you have yeah. some of your, your YouTube videos out. What's How do you get to the website? Our website is nightnoonband.com. You can also find us on Facebook. We are uh, wanting to get our likes up because that's one of the hard things about booking here is like if you call a place that you haven't played before and they haven't heard of you before and you say, oh, go check out our Facebook page. We've got some videos up and stuff. They look at it and they're like, oh, you only have 100 likes. I can get this other band in here. And they got like 500. Sure. But... Um, it's it's kind of tough, but the, we've been kind of been building the following. There's people that definitely are repeat um, repeat watchers, or we got some fans out there who come to a, multiple shows. Uh, we did just um, book a couple shows. These are kind of some big ones coming up because uh, in the summer in Rapid City, Thursday nights, you know, you got that summer nights thing that that they do now downtown. Yep. Well, we just booked June 16th at the Firehouse Main Stage from 8 to 11 so we're going to be playing thursday night after the festivities die down on the street and people are looking to go elsewhere they can hear us playing and echoing off the off that street because we'll be playing outside on that stage there we also are playing there august 1st so two thursdays this summer we're playing the firehouse main stage so is that so is that one of your bigger shows that you've ever done then yeah we've been wanting to get in there for a while and it hasn't happened yet but um we're excited to play these ones now that'll I think our biggest shows, though, we've we had an acoustic showcase at uh, the Loud American Roadhouse in Sturgis, and then I think a week after that, Brandon Jones and his band at, invited us to open for them on their headlining set on a Friday night down in Sturgis. Wow, that's awesome. That is very cool, man. So then, so when you do call these places in a book, and you know they go to Facebook and good old social media, right? So, so the the devil as well as yeah. could be very beneficial for you right mm-hmm. how do you sell yourself or how do you try to sell yourself to be able to, to book maybe at a new spot well i think one thing that um we have kind of going for us that other bands might not is we don't stick to just that one genre so we're not just like okay we're going to play 80s covers all night or you know we're going to play straight country we'll we'll mix it back and forth and so we can appeal to more people in the audience. Like there might be uh, someone who's just um, just back from college or just in college, and they'll be singing along to you know some of the newer stuff that we do. But then we got the people that that love those '90s songs that we play and are singing along to all those songs. But then we have that old old school country. So um, there's just something for everybody that comes to a night noon show. And I think it's also um, interesting because there's not as many bands out there using that cajon. And so that's one thing that a lot of people come up to me after a show and they're like, man, what is that thing? Or how does that work? And it's just kind of a cool thing. I like playing that little drum. Right. <laughs> right on. <laughs> little drummer boy. Yeah. So that's that's awesome, man. So got the day job, right? Working during the days. You got night, noon at night. You got the other un- unnamed uh, band that you're working on currently. And then Granite Sun sounds like it's trying to make a comeback. The way you say it, unnamed band, like it's some secret project I'm working on, but the truth is we just don't it, have a name yet. We're working sounds on the songs el- first. <laughs> it sounds elusive, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, Sean's working on an unnamed band? Ooh, what could this be? Or like you said, not nearly as cool that we just don't have a name yet that has stuck or <laughs> been picked yeah. out. But but a busy man, right? Yeah. And so do you do you jam out with anybody else? Um, I know Casey you mentioned Casey earlier. That's your your brother. Oh yeah. You know does he's he's done some stuff. Have you guys ever collaborated together or, or 
yeah, not well, as of yet. Well, with with our with my ever growing new goals that I'm setting for Night Noon and my my vision of what I see it as, it there's a certain point where we want to get into certain venues. We might not be able to play if we're just an acoustic duo, and so I've been throwing out the idea of maybe adding in a third person, and so we gave this a trial run earlier this year. Uh, we got booked at Joe's place. I think it was in January and that was a one where we had to play nine to one. So a four hour set. And so I invited my brother Casey to hop on drums for us and kind of a trial run, see how that went. And it went really well. I think, um, adding a, we had, I have a little electronic kit that, that he jumped on and was playing with. So it wasn't like a full big drum set that's boomy and loud or anything. And I think that worked out really well and so we're going to try to get if we want we have the flexibility where if we want to try to get into a bigger venue we have the option to bring a drummer with us and we can play a little bit more heavy stuff and you know what you would expect at a bigger venue but we can also get into those smaller places like andrea plays at tally's and at firehouse wine cellar and uh, we play patties which is very tight packed so you can't really have a lot of room there's no room for a third person there's barely room for the two of us, but um, so that gives us a little bit more flexibility on where we can play. And we did just book three new shows at Joe's place, except they're booked out till January, so we're not playing there until January, February, and March. But um, I, we're gonna have, hopefully, we'll have Casey back drumming for us on those shows as well. Gotcha. And so is the the goal eventually to be a three piece band, or don't know yet, or just kind of go with the flow? That, yeah, that I'm not sure about yet. We're just kind of playing it by ear for now. I think the main focus um, is writing songs and not rely on um, playing covers as much, but try to inject more originals into our set list and then kind of build that following where people actually like our music and want to see us and not just whoever it is playing at the bar they're drinking at. And so once we get that rolling, then we'll see what happens with that. But um, Gotcha. Yeah, it it would be fun to have more people playing, but there's you know there's pros and cons to it as well. At least with the two of us, we have very similar taste in music that we're not really fighting about. Oh, what should we learn this time? Or we yeah. learned your song that time. I want to play this one. We definitely we agree on a lot more than we disagree on when it comes to what we want to play. So very adding a third person to that mix might you know upset it a little bit. So we're right. just kind of we're just feeling it out, playing it by ear. So so creativity wise, like you and Andrea, pretty much on the same page mm-hmm. gotcha uh mr sean carr i i appreciate you jumping on man it was it was great catching up talking about night noon and all your other stuff as well um so just kind of another plug for you so you got the website nightnoonband.com you get the facebook page night noon anywhere else they can get a hold of you or see anything uh we are on youtube as well but if you check out the website um the youtube links are embedded on there so you can get us get to us from there too uh we um do need to work on getting some more videos up the last one we posted was uh i think a year ago but um you know we will get something up soon i have a lot of footage just need to edit through it so sure. i might have something in the next two you're, weeks maybe. you're too busy playing to edit videos man right i need to hire an editor i think <laughs> i got a guy <laughs> no you don't don't lie to no, him that's true yeah just just the videos and, I, and i've checked out every single one of them you got uh living after living after night noon judas priest you got yeah. happy by mudvane black honey by trice just thrice, Wind no. by thrice well that's that's, that's my bad mcafee <laughs> mcafee whatever 
Just Say When by Nothing More, Wake Up by Coheed and Cambria, dude. So yeah. And if you look, your facial hair on most of the videos also changes. So that's mm-hmm. also something to look for. Yeah, I might reshoot that uh, Wake Up by Coheed and Cambria. I, I was going to say the mustache uh-huh. and Wake Up uh, with Coheed and Cambria, that is a little scary, dude. Now, I, I just want to to get this out there. It wasn't uh, like a look I was choosing to do. I was just participating in Movember, you know, raising ah. awareness for prostate cancer. So it's I, I, as soon as December 1st happened, you know, I definitely got rid of it. Gotcha. Well, I, you know, you can't, you, you got to support a cause like that, dude. So, yeah. but uh, just for the record, uh, and it needs to be recorded, which it is, that is not a look for you. <laughs> Noted. That's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sean, anything else that you, you, you want to let, let everybody know or the few people that listen to this know um hopefully andrea will will will, will listen to it so yeah well i just want to say on behalf of andrea and myself thanks for having me it's great to talk about um this project and uh hopefully it leads to maybe some people checking out our videos or checking out a live show Uh, we'd love to see you there and yeah just thanks for thanks for the interview thanks for the opportunity to talk about my band yeah man maybe we'll have you back on or a a live recording or something i mean all these things going through my i have all these ideas well sean i i certainly appreciate it dude and we will have you back on and uh we're gonna get out to one of your shows dude i promise you that all right well thank you cool man thank you so much yeah. as always we gotta talk about game of thrones yep so the second season second episode of the final season it's last sunday were you able to stay up yes it was even tough. after driving even after lack of sleep the last three or four nights you were able to stay up bro it's game of thrones well that's life true. life uh uh finds a way <laughs> so we were dead wrong on on runtime on these episodes so now they're progressively getting longer if i recall it uh another uh build-up episode what are, you, what are your thoughts on it yeah it was definitely you know, like, like you're saying, build up. It was pure exposition, but it was it was still very entertaining. And yeah, I mean, the way they ended it, you know, it's just pedal to the metal from here on out. And uh, you can see how they're the, they're developing the season. It's going to be you know two halves. So we're going to have the the climax for the first half this next episode, and then the second half of the season is going to be the last three episodes. So as always we got to give the spoiler warning. I think we're a little late here. I don't think we've given up too much. But we do talk about specifics of Game of Thrones, so be forewarned. So the climax, so the first climax, so just want to make sure that we're talking about the same thing or we're on the same page, that the first part of this last four episodes is the battle with the White Walkers. Fair? Yep, yep. And then it. it turns into Cersei and actually taking back the Iron Throne. Yeah, but that's that's how it's looking. I mean, really, you never know. Maybe the Night King doesn't get killed here in this next episode or two. Maybe you have a maybe everybody just meets somewhere and they just fucking clobber each other. I don't know. Right. But do you think there's a chance in hell that Cersei does come down to help? No, no, no. no why? No surprise. Why would you? I don't no. know. Because humanity might depend on it. You want to know something? She was not yes. even in last episode at all. Do you believe that? That's true, huh? Yeah, that bl- kind of blew my mind. I guess Nobody the uh, I mean the, the entire episode what, what took place in Winterfell. Yeah. But I mean, they, so, they, they set everything up. Just put it on a T, man. 
Yep. So the next episode you'd think is going to start kind of fast and furious and never not end. I would I would assume. So the plans on leading in the Night King to take care of Bran, to kill Bran, to wash away all the memories, and Theon is going to be there to try to help protect him. Yeah, I guess. I mean, what are your what are your thoughts around that? Like, you know, if I was a, if I was Vegas, I would bet that Bran dies. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I'd have to agree with you. I guess, like, what what's their plan? How are they going to take him down? I mean, are they going to use a javelin or a spear? You know, or do they need archers? Like, are they going to be? Are they going to hide? You know, does 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 he know what's going to happen already? Are they wasting their time? Maybe, maybe we'll we'll see. It'll all be revealed to us next week, hopefully. So here's hoping, or does it turn into an episode that focuses on Cersei? You know, like a time lapse. Shh, 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 shh. Don't say that shit, man. There's no way they could end last episode with a White Walker overlooking Winterfell. I agree. It would be very disheartening. Yeah. If we don't see some action. Let me think about some specifics here. What all happened in that episode? Well, I think a big thing. That our type of viewers would be talking about is Arya. Yeah, her and Gendry getting down, man. That was that was kind of an uncomfortable thing, you know. It it was a little uncomfortable, and definitely wasn't her. You could just tell, right? Yeah, it was a body double for sure. Definitely, which Super I respected. Imposed. Yeah, and, uh, Yeah, because anytime you saw her face, you know, it was just neck up, basically. Just yep. Like sh- shoulder up, you know, so you yep. didn't see anything. But then they had that like kind of back and from the side shot, and you're like, eh, that might not be her, you know. But anyway, <clears throat> it was uncomfortable for me. Anyways, no, you know, I, I mean, you know, Maisie Williams is over. I mean, hell, she's like twenty-two or something like that. But still, like seeing her as Arya, who was supposed to be like ten years old or whatever, but actually, when she the, the actor, the actress playing her was like fourteen at the time. But still, seeing her come from a uh, little girl to to that, that was just kind of it was weird for me. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and to fact check into uh, it, it, she is 22, but it, it was still a little it. Un- uncomfortable for sure. Yeah. And like I said, almost uncalled for of any of it or of, other than maybe of the action just happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, like maybe just panning away and, and knowing it happened without kind of some of the, the finite details and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's kind of their way of showing their these people are processing their own mortality. I guess they know that they, they think they're going to die. die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full court press at the uh, that uh, wild. Ah, fuck! I lost it. The one that's going after Brienne. Oh, Tormund. Yeah. Is the big woman here? That's a funny dynamic. You know what I mean? And the guy's awesome. And they're sitting around the biggest fight of their life happening, and they're all just getting drunk. Yeah, I guess right. Dude, Tormund is their, a big fan last. favorite. Oh yeah, I, no, I love Tormund. Who do you think is going to take the Iron Throne? I don't know. They they actually have bets in Vegas about who's going to take the Iron Throne. I think right now the the leading one to do it is Jon Snow. Really? Yeah. Last I heard, you know, fact check your own shit, please. But that yeah, was the last thing I heard. And I, I could see that, I guess. I mean, technically, he's the one that should have it. The guy's died before, and he's already been reincarnated, you know? Yeah. Well, who do you think? I think it's either going to be Sansa or Tyrion. Really? And yep. just based off everybody else being dead? 
I suppose, kind of, you know. Yeah. Because uh, he has no I, he has no natural right to it, as far as I know. No. It's really just Jon Snow now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, if Jon Snow's true. dead, then technically it is. He might have to sacrifice himself to defeat the Night King or something. He, if he's going to mm. be, you know, there's these theories and prophecies and stuff about like the Zora High, where if he is the prince that was promised, and he has to like in in, in order to uh, <clears throat> end the Long Night, the the prince that was promised had to take his sword and stab it into his wife's chest, and when he pulls the sword out, it's just uh, uh, flames. Uh, a light with flames, or whatever, and that's that. That sword is Lightbringer, and that's kind of what you saw with Stannis Baratheon and uh, Melisandre in like season two. Yeah, where she was like, "This, you know, this sword is Lightbringer, but it was fake, man. She's full of shit." Anyway, so there, there, there's that chance that Jon Snow like kills Daenerys, sacrifices himself, whatever. We'll see what happens, but. So another episode, I think that was really a setup. You know, so not too much action in those kinds of things. But I, I, you know, is it gung-ho from here? Is it crazy craziness going forward? I don't yes. know. Yes, I'm going to say yes. Well, I, I agree. Looking at the I episode agree. length and everything, man, that's going to be pedal to the metal. They have so much ground to cover in only four episodes. How, yeah. how could they not? Well, at least now some of the episodes are going to be a little longer to tell that story. Yeah, but I mean, why would they be so long if they didn't have to, you know, so have to drive so much story through, you know? Right. I think they're going to do it right. You know, I don't think there'll be... I think that's what's nice with being on, on HBO is that they have the opportunity to do that with network TV. I think it's a little more difficult. Yeah. You know, you got that time block. That's what you have. You know, you don't see too many episodes where they're running over. Right. How about when uh, Daenerys and John were talking? She's all pissed off. that Like, they didn't even talk about how they, 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 they banged... They left that part out. Yep, they left that part out. It was awkward. It was kind of one of those awkward things. Like, let's just not talk about it. <laughs> so now, wait. if they do it again, then it's weird. Okay. I no? bet they do it again. <laughs> it might, we'll might check, be better we'll, that way. We'll, like have to check the, we'll have to check the Vegas books again, I guess. Yeah. Well, Jon Snow and Daenerys hit the do the dibbity dibbity. <laughs> the hibbity bibbity. Again or no? I bet they will. That's weird. That's weird, right? What else was noteworthy on that episode? I don't know, man. I think we kind of covered most of it. You know, we talked about the brand thing and and Brienne or well, Jamie, Sir Jamie, yeah, coming back, right? And seems like he's genuine and he wants to fight and he wants to fight under Brienne. Yeah. Who is now a knight as well. They kind of broke the mold a little bit. Evidently that was too taboo for a woman to be a knight. But they, they kind of broke the mold there. Yeah, that was pretty cool, man. It was like kind of cool to see like, that. She's like, I don't really want to be a knight, whatever. And then she's just, she was beside herself afterward. Yep. And everybody was giving her applause and everything. That was cool. It's a conversation with Jamie and Bran in the forest. Yeah. Being that so. he could tell him and he could executed snap of a finger well was a what did, what, what did Brand say just we need you to fight basically yeah I could do that but you're gonna be useful for this yeah like damn he's not and he's not the same fighter he is he's got, dude's got one hand you know yeah. and he's not a Jedi so doesn't have that going for him by any means that'd be cool it any Jedi's cool man 
I, I read somewhere that somebody suggested that he gets um, he should have gotten a different prosthetic, an obsidian or a dragon glass prosthetic instead Ooh. of that gold hand. Because then he could be in there like on freaking be like Ash instead of a chainsaw for a hand, sure. or just have a sweet ass blade. Ah oh, man, slaying I'm, thinking, those I'm thinking more Weapon X, man. I'm thinking more Wolverine. Ooh, that would be cool too. You, get, you, you can't get too wild though, because I mean, then you're kind of a danger to yourself. I mean, they got a bunch of White Walkers about to invade the castle or the well, town. You get your femoral think, artery, man. You're gonna bleed out. You're not gonna kill any more whites, okay? You did go to school. Wow, <laughs> impressive. Can't wait till I go to high school. You stay here as long as you can. Cherish. So, as always, you know, this next week, another episode, another recap that we have to do. I think between covering all that and your big decision, and of course the wonderful Easter holiday that I hope everybody enjoyed, and talking with Sean from Night Noon, yeah. that was a great interview. That was good. I'm going to have to be watching some videos here soon. Yeah, go to the website. Once again, uh, nightnoonband.com, and they got five or six videos on there. Very cool. Uh, Whatever kind check, of music you're a fan of, check them out, man. They got Yeah, they got a little bit of everything. So definitely not, not just because I know him, and I've had the pleasure of meeting Andrea as well, who we hope to have them both on the podcast eventually. Uh, they play some good music, and it's very eclectic. They're trying to, you know, they're doing some originals as well, but a lot of the covers they do now, it's all across the board. So, uh, you know, definitely check them out. Um, they got some stuff lined up. Uh, Firehouse, uh, I think in the new year they got some stuff lined up at Joe's. I think they're at Patty's, I think once a month. Um, so definitely, definitely check them out. We can't appreciate Sean enough for jumping on and telling us a little bit about his musical background, Night Noon, as well as some of the other bands that he's played with. Little Joe, always a pleasure, man. It was great seeing you over Easter weekend, man. You got anything else to, 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 to babble on about? You know, not off the top of my head, we might have to start recording these at a different time. You getting get, sleepy, little I get, guy? I get so sleepy. I get so sleepy. I'm going to have to stop drinking herbal tea and get the leaded stuff. Yeah. Get, get something with a little more oomph in it. Yep. Well, for the episode three of the Midwest Babylon podcast, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I am Big Rob, the squeaky voice that you hear on the other end. That's Little Joe. Wee Little Joe. Wee Little Guy. We will see you next time. And thank you. And goodbye. Bye-bye. Night Noon is providing this original song, Dreams and Guitars. Thank you, Sean, for being on the podcast. Take it home. If I ever got you alone
got yourself a special energy and I can feel it longing just like me I'll never 